Hey everyone and welcome back to the Purposeful Mindset Podcast. I hope by now you've subscribed to my podcast and I'm excited to share yet another episode with you. This podcast is all about creating the future of servant leadership and help more people to find true purpose and meaning to life. Today I have another amazing, amazing guest with me. Her name is Aisha Iqbal and she's a mother to a wonderful little girl and in her spare time she's a highly accomplished digital marketing executive, a published author, a talented storyteller, a blogger and a coach to mothers who are ready to explore what's next in life. In this conversation, Aisha shares many insights of how some cultures can have a huge impact on women thriving in business and in their working careers. She also shares a lot about her storytelling journey and how she became such a creative and mindful person today. Without further ado, let's get straight into it. Hey Aisha, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I am so grateful that you said yes also to come on here and just have a chilled out conversation with myself and hopefully bring a lot of value to the to the listeners out there and once again like thank you so much for actually being on here because I know this this episode is going to be filled with so much knowledge and wisdom I can't wait for everyone just to just to see what comes out of this well thank you and I'm I'm glad that you have this expectation that it'll be inspiring and full of wisdom our first in-person conversation was indicative of anything is we might be laughing a lot and just acting like big old goofballs, which I'm also excited about. <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> just just being yourself, right? I think that's yeah. the best way to even start this episode. It's just, I just believe everybody just to be themselves, be authentic, just be real. Like there's no point hiding behind the screen and trying to be someone that we're not, right? It's just... There's just no point. It's a waste of time. You'd rather just be yourself and the people that like you will connect with you and the people that don't will just leave and that's okay. So here's a question that I have for you and I know it's, but (laughs) we hear this a lot, right? Like be authentic, be yourself and, you know, don't do this. But as if part of my journey has also been to find out who I am and Mm -hmm. figure out who this person is, like who I was you know, from one to 10 versus 10 to 20 and 20 to 30, 30 to 40, and now 40 and beyond, like it has changed. And with that comes, you know, like when you tell someone to be authentic and be yourself, like in your mind, how do you see that? And and especially for this person who feels that they may not have found themselves yet. Okay. That's, that's actually a really good question. Um, I think for me personally, the way the way for how it worked for me was when I started my personal development journey, because before that time, as I shared before in my story, like I, w- I was just a normal average guy that was just going, you know, just st- studied here in the UK. I went to uh, college. I didn't want to go to university and waste three years of my life. I wanted to just go work and make money. And I got a good job in the bank and I'm still working there now. And I just saw myself kind of living the same life as ed- everyone else. And for me, I, like there was something inside me that just, felt wrong you know I don't know I didn't know like what am I doing with my life is is this my life should I just keep working in this amazing bank and and try to work my way up or shall I actually find something that I really love doing because that job was just a job to pay the bills and to help my family it wasn't my passion you know it wasn't something I loved it was just a good job for 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 at that time someone that's 21 working in a massive American investment bank is an amazing 
um, achievement to have. And I was super grateful for it, but I just wasn't, I just wasn't as happy as I wanted to be and do something that I love. So my, to answer your question in a, in a really like kind of simple way is basically when I started personal development. So when I started, when I've read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I saw the mindset um, strategies and the kind of things that Robert Kiyosaki talks about in that book, that for me was when I had the paradigm shift, when I had that whole kind of perspective of mind change about life, about um, entrepreneurship came in there, business came in there. And at that time I had no idea what that was. And basically like you know my mindset just changed I just thought wow like I don't just have to be an employee for the rest of my life I can actually you know I can actually become an investor one day for one I can have a big business I can have a small business I can actually go and do something for myself to make my family proud because I was always the one in my family that didn't have a degree that is probably going to be the most useless child that's probably like is really dumb and doesn't have like good grades in school because I was an average I was always an average grade C student which was like average in the UK I literally just passed straight past all my all my subjects and PE sports as you know I love that I done I got an A star in that because that I love Oh really is that where you excel <laughs> huh. I, I would have not <laughs> So that I, I really mastered. But um, just to keep it short and simple, when I think if, if someone listening to this right now is trying to find themselves and, like you said, wants to be more authentic, wants to be more genuine, wants to be more real, the only way you can find yourself is actually, number one, introspect. Because I find like when I'm, when I'm alone, I try to go out in nature or I try to find some, some, some time alone, some peace, you know, with nobody around. Either put some music or some headphones on and listen to something that's that's calming and just basically introspect and reflect on my life and just think like what do I really want to do if if I didn't care about anyone's opinion and I don't care about anyone's judgment what do I really want to do and that's what I really want everyone to find is like what is it that you really want to do if nobody exists on this world right now what would you do like I'm sure you're going to be like I want to travel the world I'll I'll visit this country I want to go stay on a beach I want to get suntan um I want to go and do a whole spa live a spa life you know like whatever it is that you love you just want to do something that you really enjoy for me I think if you go out there and really introspect on your life and find out what it is that you want because no and the thing is nobody can tell you no, people can give you ideas, but nobody can tell you. Like you said, Aisha, I remember when you came down to London a couple of months ago and we were talking over coffee and it was just such an interesting conversation. But your story is just really inspiring. And for someone like me listening to your story, it just made me realize like what I've been through is nothing. You know, when I had Ambly on in the first podcast, like I, I was just thinking like, man, like I've been through nothing. Like I have my legs, you know, I have my arms, I have so many things to be grateful for but some of the people that I'm going to be bringing on the podcast like they have so much struggle and so much more like hardships that they've been through but they've come out so strong like I got feedback back from people saying like how is she so positive how how are these people so like how do they stay so resilient it doesn't make sense like she broke her leg she had four percent chance you know like <laughs> to even right. to have right. a leg you're gonna get amputated but it's still, it's these kind of stories that I want to bring on this podcast. I want to sh- help, like, bring the awareness to others of, like, people out there are, like, have it worse than you. So just be grateful for your life and just focus on growing yourself. That's what matters the most. After you found yourself through personal development, however that may be, whether it's through listening to podcasts, books is where I always recommend to start. 
as I said, like I used to hate reading books, but I read those few at the beginning, which changed my life. And then that shifted all, all into audio books, shifted into videos. And now it's just constant learning. Um, but what about for you? Like, because I remember when you told me your story, again, it was like, it really gave me goosebumps, like, like Amberly's story did. Um, and it just made me realize how grateful I am for life. But I know you shared so many nuggets that day when you came to London. It was so, so cool. But could you share with everyone a little bit about like, how did you find yourself? Right. And I, and I think I want to start off with kind of recapping the three, a few things that I've heard from you, like key themes about, you know, finding yourself. Like number one, that's not an absolute state, right? Like once you found yourself today, July 18th, 2019, that definition of self is going to continue to change, to evolve and devolve because it's not the trajectory, even though we always want to think positively, like, oh yeah, I'm only going up from here. I'm always going to be happy. I'm always going to be fulfilled. It's not, right? Like it's a day-to-day change and it fluctuates. Exactly. But and and as long as we keep that in mind that the state of change is not bad. It actually, it actually it's fun and it can be adventurous and you can you can use that to superpower and supercharge kind of whatever it is that you're doing. So that was one, like the, 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 the state of self. And it's actually a dynamic thing, not static thing. And the other one was perspective. Hmm. You know, you're talking about how after speaking with Amber Lee and after speaking with me and like the other people that you know in your life and the perspective that it's allowed you to see your own life in, hmm. being grateful and thankful for what you have and what you don't have. I think that's really important as well. And I think um, for the longest time I've juggled with this, with this concept of why does greatness have to come from pain? And what I mean by that is you hear about all of these artists like, you know, Michelangelo, Da Vinci and everyone, and they had shit life. Oh, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, he's fine. (laughs) Okay. I was just like, okay, I have a bad mouth. Anyways. um, So they had pretty crappy lives, but they were, creators of such huge masterpieces and so many great writers and novelists, but they are, they were highly depressive beings. So in my head, I'm like, why do you have to go through pain to create something beautiful? Right. And I, and I, and I explore this through a blog article that I, that I put together that could I have learned the same lessons that I've learned now after going through my own kind of periods of pain, could I have learned those same lessons um, from my wins before, you know, from times when, you know, I was happy or I, or something good did happen to me. And I think, and I think from that perspective, I could have, but, and I still haven't landed on this. Like, what is it about pain? What is, what is, what is it about struggle that kind of brings the best of humanity out? I still haven't figured that out yet for myself. Um, but that again is also an essential part of discovering self and developing self, at least for me. So perspective, that was number two. And then the other thing I heard was, um, and I'm not enlightened enough to find the right word for this, but it's something about chasing a feeling, right? It's, you weren't happy. You were doing the right things. You, you know, you were making the right decisions. You had a great paying job, but it's just, it didn't, it didn't feel good to you. Um, so almost just like, by finding authenticity, you're finding things that are, 
either, I don't know, making you happy, making you feel fulfilled, like something, it's a challenge that you're willing to get up every day and feel excited for. So it's almost just like, find that feeling. Like it, for me, it's, you know, very early in my career, I was always, my motto was um, fake it till you make it. Mm. That is shit motto to have. Right. We're talking about this and you came as well. <laughs> yeah. It's because you're already setting yourself off yeah. like an underfooting, like, no, no, you're a step lower. And it's such a bad place to start from. But the feeling that that brought was this constant state of fear, right? Like every day I'm coming to work and I'm like, Oh, what if someone thinks that I didn't do this job? Well, um, how am I going to make up for that? So it's all that, that stunt constant state of fear. Whereas now, you know, much like in my career, I, I feel empowered. And even in the same state where if I don't know something, I'm not starting from fear anymore. I'm starting from a place of grace, like, cool, I don't know this. What do I need to do to find out more information about it? So those are some big themes that you, you like happen to talk about. And I like what you just said, actually, about, um, you know, you are, you are basically very open to learn. And that's the thing about nowadays, and which I always talk about as well, right, is about the ego. Like too many people have this ego that they think they know everything. You know, they, they feel like they are the, like they just because they're doing personal growth. Oh, yeah, I can just tell people everything. Like I get that a lot from people um, or some people kind of feel that for me sometimes because they feel like, oh, you're just like 26 and you're trying to tell like the majority of the people I speak to are older than right. me. So they're kind of like, oh, you're just 26. Like, what do you know about life? I'm like, look, I don't need to know about life to know about facts, but things that I've, things that I've experienced that I know if you just tweak that in your life, I can promise you things will change. And it's just, people don't want to listen to my advice. And this is the first kind of obstacle or hurdle I would say I had when I, when I wanted to do and like, go into speaking. Cause I, cause I was kept like asking, I kept saying inside my head, like, Oh, if I become a speaker and I speak to people older than me, majority of the time they will be like how will they take it i'm sure i'm going to be getting so much negative feedback so much hate after the event they're going to come to me and be like what the hell do you know man like you're just some asian kid like what are you telling us about life and personal growth like we know more than you you haven't experienced life yet um and that's a constant battle for me anyway personally but i think just because of my confidence and the fact that i can just lower my you know just because ego is a constant battle but the fact i can just lower it and just be like you know what you're right like and just, just, just to make them happy, just be okay with just taking the criticism and just, just not, not really caring about it. And that's my biggest thing right now is when I stopped caring about the opinions of others, whether good or bad, I love both of them. Because I think you can't just have all positivity, all good in life. Right. You're going to have to have both, right? You're going to have to go through bad things and go through good things. And you just, you just have to constantly battle your mind, inside your mind. Um, but the fact that you have to stay open-minded is what I wanted to share just here because that's what you did. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's hard to do. It's hard to do. I mean, as enlightened, as aware as I think I am, it's still hard. Like through, through my, um, my blogging that I do, some of the topics that, you know, I discuss there, it's sometimes it's difficult for some people to hear, um, like part of, so one of, the things that I'm pursuing right now is I know one day I'm going to be on a TEDx stage and the topic that I want to talk about is the topic of shaming and how it's no longer kind of a useful tool for humanity, 
right? Like it had its place, you know, back in the ancient times to keep society together and to keep everyone, you know, in the same space and things like that. But now as evolved as we've become and the definition of society is changing so much, shaming doesn't have a great place anymore. And I'm doing this. I want to speak about this through the lens of being a single mother and my own experiences of shaming as a single mother. And the reason I've chosen that topic is single motherhood is seen so differently across the world. Like South Asian single moms, South Asian unmarried single moms, you will never see that. They don't, they don't come out, they don't speak about it because we are shamed into such silence by our own communities, by our own families, yeah. that no one talks about it. We are ignored until we either get married or, or just never spoken about because it is so shameful to our community. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I want to talk about this. And so to practice for this, I started writing about it. And when I posted the, my blog article about it, I did get some feedback and I got a lot of positive feedback, but then I also got a lot of not positive feedback. And the reason I've, I've stated it as not positive feedback is because it, it was still helpful. Like initially when I, when I would, when I would hear that feedback, it hurt Mm. because I took it slight on me that, oh, you know, maybe it's wrong for me to pursue this. Maybe I shouldn't talk about this, or maybe I don't have all my facts right. But I had to quickly kind of pivot from that. And instead of coming at it from a defensive position, I opened it up. I opened up the conversation like, okay, what is your issue with this? What is your issue with me? Let's talk about this. Because again, from coming from the learner mindset, let me learn more. You know, is there more about this topic that I need to know? Or, um, you know, am I misconstruing something? Just having that open mindset for a certain period of time, allowing those people to come in and, and talk to me about it, then I would be able to understand like, is this feedback constructive for me? Or is this feedback projection from their own place, where they are in their own lives, who they are? And then I would treat that differently, right? If it's yeah. a projection from another place, I will give them that space, but I will no longer let it affect me um, in a way that's not productive. So it's, it's, it's also a balance. Like even um, when I was younger, I was, I was much more stubborn than I am now. And I would very much be like, oh, I don't need to listen to anyone. If someone told me something, I would end up doing the opposite. Yeah. Because for some reason, I don't know, it's my contrarian belief system. I don't know what it is with me. I think we, we were like that, I think, when we're young anyways. I mean, a part of me is still like that. That's why I have to have those internal dialogues like, Aisha, calm down. Do you really need to behave this way? Um, but I was much, much more like that when I was younger. And, and, and I was doing a disservice to myself, I, I, I believe, because I wasn't letting other ideas in. I was just so set in my own ways. And, you know, the way I see my life right now, it's literally like pre-Eliza and post-Eliza. That was pre-Eliza. And then after giving birth to Eliza and being her mother, I am a much better human being now than I was before. Do you, do you think that's because like after giving birth to Eliza, do you think, you know, having now responsibility for that child, you thought, oh, damn, like I need, to, I need to make changes now because now someone's looking up to me. It happened when I still remember this day. I was sitting at work. Mm-hmm. And I, um, it was 5 p.m. here. 
and I was getting ready to, I was wrapping up so I could, I could go home, but I got an email from my doctor's office with the gender test results of, of my baby. It was like, congratulations, you're having a daughter. I, I can't properly explain the spectrum of feelings that I felt in those first 15 seconds. Number one was the first feeling was immense joy. I was like, yes. I was like, I'm having a baby girl. But then, unfortunately, then the following seconds after that, um, it was, call it the South Asian burden. But I was just like, damn it, I'm not having a son. And because I'm a single mother, I'm already putting shame on my family and my community. If I'd had a son, maybe it would have softened the blow. So those two, those two feelings and thoughts lived in the same space within that 15 second time frame. But I immediately went back to joy. And I was just like, no, I've, I've wanted a daughter. She's going to be my baby girl. And that's what her name means, actually. Because then I started looking up names. I wanted something that was going to be a good mix for her. Yeah. Um, and her name means joy in Hebrew. And, and that's exactly what she means to me. And so when I found out that I was having a daughter... I immediately, you know, thought that, oh, I want her to be more confident than I have been. I want her to be more, um, more self-sufficient than I have been. And I want her to be, I want her to be this. I want her to be that. And then after going through that list, I was just like, holy shit, I kind of need to be those first. Because, you know, you can't just tell people, oh, do this, do this, do this, do this. Because kids don't work that way. You can tell kids whatever you want. They didn't offer yeah. And if you're not doing that yourself, because kids learn more from seeing and more from yeah. participating, more Definitely. from making. So I was just like, okay, I need to become that person first for her. So I, so that she has a good role model in me to at mm-hmm. least bring that. So that is essentially why I started, you know, really heavily improving myself. Okay. So, so, so what happened after that? Like after you had Aliza um, and you had that realization what kind of like so you did you straight go into personal development started from there like how, where did that all start from yourself your self-improvement because before you so, said you, you was kind of a mess and you didn't know what was going on so this concept of self-improvement is like I've been a high achiever my whole life um if you think about like on paper like I've held great jobs I've, I've gone to university, I've gone to grad school, I have my MBA and, you know, I've moved around, I've traveled, I've, I'm worldly on all that. So I've been a highly successful person my whole life, but the difference is my mindset. So pre-Eliza, my mindset was, I'll just go with the flow, I'll see where life takes me. I was coming from this fear, from this place of fear that, oh, I'm a fake and I need to... I need to show myself as this so that people don't find out that I'm a fake, things like that. So mm-hmm. the shift in mindset post Eliza was, so I got laid off from my job when I was six months pregnant. So that in itself was scary as hell, but it was a huge blessing because what that forced me to do was then to sit down because I would, during that time, I was talking to a lot of people. I was, you know, I, I started freelancing. And so through that, like networking with people, Um, And talking to people about like, I need to figure out what my next step is. And so a lot of the advice that I was getting was, well, what are you good at? And where do you think, you know, what you're good at and what the world needs? Where do you think that intersection is? So this whole concept of ikigai, right? Like finding passion that works for, you know, what you can get paid with and what you love doing and the world needs, all of that. So I started doing the initial work 
like at that time. So it forced me to sit down and it forced me to really see myself and, and list out everything that I'm good at. And that was hard for me. And, you know, it's not hard for people to list out everything that they're good at. But for me, it was really hard because I would always look at things like, oh, no, I can be better. I can be better. I can be better. So I never put the stamp of, no, I'm good. So it forced me to do that. Mm. And by doing that, then I it, then the next step was exploring like, OK, if I'm good at this, what else can I do? Like, yeah, I'm killing it in the corporate game. Like, I'm a director, I'm a VP now. And I'm just like, cool, I know I can do that. But what else can I do? Because I'm so good at all of these things. And then that led me to start experimenting. Because at that point, like, by the time she was eight months, seven months. So I was without a job for about a year. And then when I found my my full-time gig after that, I was just like, man... I want to spend more time with baby girl. I was like, this is hard for me to leave her every day, go to work. I'm missing her like crazy. Um, even though at work, like I introduced myself when I started, I told them like, Hey, what I'm doing here with you guys, nine to five, it's for fun. You know, it's my break. I was like, my real job starts when I walk back through that door at home because my real boss is sitting there waiting for me. I love that. <laughs> I mean, I needed to set their expectations because I was like, you know, this is great. You guys are paying for like my lifestyle, but my real job is to be a mother and a caretaker to this amazing little human being at home for me. Um, that, you know, that in itself gave me some confidence to be able to step up and say that to kind of like senior leadership in a room. I would have never done that before. Um, but then, you know, from that, so outlining what the things that I'm good at, recognizing that, getting this newfound confidence, then I started thinking like, you know what? I've had dreams. I wanted to be an author. I wanted to write for as long as I could remember. I just wanted to be a writer. I just wanted to write. And so I let myself do that. I started writing. And then within like eight months, I, I published my first book. And it was the most amazing feeling because I didn't do it to be famous or no, I want to sell books. I literally just wanted to put my thoughts in writing and it turned out to be an amazing self-healing process for me because I write about my um, my earlier experiences of single motherhood, like while I was pregnant. So the book is called The Single Mom Ain't No Punk. I love the it's, name, by the way. <laughs> when, I, when I saw your book's <laughs> name, I was like, only Aisha's going to make a name like that. That is so, it was so amazing. The, the, <laughs> the name just was like, you have to read this book. But it was just like, it started with the feeling, right? Because I was experimenting. I was like, what names do I want? And that was the second thing that came to my head. And it just felt so right. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. So again, back to that conversation about finding self and authenticity through yeah. feeling. That's that's how I was there. But this was also like, like I was saying, it was a great tool for my own healing process. And and then I also told my I don't know about you but I know like I would have loved to know my parents better when they were younger and to know what they thought and how they were in life so now like oh I've lost Instagram I do it all with the thought that I would love for Aliza to see this when she's older to to I don't know what our relationship is going to look like when she's older I hope it's alhamdulillah as good as it is now um but I know I'll be different I want her to know me like how I was after she was born because it's because of her that her mom has started to do all these things. Mm. That's so oh, amazing. Is it? Imagine, my, 
Imagine when she does get older one day and like, cause your Instagram basically is like a, a like a photo album of you and your daughter and the journey. Like if, if you go back to when you started, I still remember when you, you're, only, you, you're just pretty new to Instagram, right? But the way you just grew like crazy and like just your journey, people just following your journey. Just, it's just me and my baby girl and every day's videos, uh, you know, of you going to work and leaving her and she's waving to you. And it's like, it's just, it's, it's a story. And that brings me on to the next thing I want you to share is how, like, wh- how did you become so good at storytelling? Because that's what you're amazing at, and that's what you are anyway, but how and did thank you-, you so much. I mean, it so humbles me to hear that. And I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's because I've always been an avid reader. I've loved reading for as long as I can remember. I remember being a kid and sitting there with, like, these big old books, like, I... My, my eldest siblings, I'm one of seven kids and I'm in like the lower quadrant, like the younger kids. And so when we were younger, my eldest siblings were sent off to college in the States because we lived in like Indonesia and Sudan before we moved to the States. So they, they did their college. And I remember my wish list for them and always was just bring me books. I just want books. <laughs> I don't want anything else. Just bring me books. So I've been an avid reader for as long as I can remember because I love I love the journey that I take when I'm reading a book. Like my mind just, and I don't, I've never, um, only recently have I started reading nonfiction. Um, but before it's always been fiction, um, like Harry Potter. I'm a huge fan of Harry Potter. (laughs) But it is because I can find, I can find human elements, like psychological elements that even though it's fantasy work, it's about magic and wizardry. They're very, there are very big human elements in that. Like the boy, he's lost his parents. He's, he's dealing with sadness. He's dealing with being alone in this world where everyone else has somebody. He's dealing with, you know, people hating on him because he's famous. So again, these are very like everyday concepts that a children's book is discussing. So that's why um, I take that and I just apply it to life. And I... I guess it's just how my mind works. My mind works in stories. Like even right now, I'm, I'm a VP of analytics and I help people make sense of numbers. And the way I do that is by telling a story from it. Like I, you can put a spreadsheet in front of me about how a campaign, a digital marketing campaign worked in numbers. And it's been my job to then extrapolate the stories from that. Like, okay, but why did someone not click on this ad? And why did someone click on this ad? There's a lot of bullshit that goes into that, right? Like mm-hmm. you're just assuming, hypothesizing. Yeah. So it's, storytelling is also just an essential part of humanity. I mean, that's how we've, we've grown as a species, right? It's by, by passing down memories, by passing down histories. And it's all been through storytelling. And I just find it... I find it so fascinating. And honestly, I don't even think I'm storytelling. I literally just think I'm having a conversation. So but, I don't know. But I think, I honestly think like from all those, those books that you said you were reading, I think what happened was it triggers a lot of creativity in our mind as well. This is what I found when I read or I watch videos or I listen to an audio book and I'm also going like, because the thing is when you read a book or when you're doing any kind of personal development, some people are still thinking about other millions of things while they're listening right. or reading, I think it's so hard to do to do this, but we have to find a way to be present and just be in this book. L- let all the other distractions out and just be 
by ourselves inside this book going through that journey. And that's when we really, really pick up things. And our, my creativity anyway, I don't know about everyone else, but my creativity goes crazy. Like I come up with random ideas. I'm like, I just want to try this. I want to do this. Or I come up with quotes. Like all my quotes are myself, right? I don't take them from others. I, just, I get inspired from other people. And then I create this quote every evening when I sit down and well, for the week, when I create all my content on social media, I just sit there and I just think to myself, what did I learn this week? I have notes on my phone and I go back and I just, I just ask myself, like, what can I write down on this quote or in this video that's going to inspire or, or just help one person out there? Uh, the, for me, that's, that's how it, what it comes down to. It's, it's just the fact that your creativity can go wild. And I think that's that's an important part of this too, is that you're also honoring that, right? Like a thought comes to your mind and it could be fleeting. It could be just a momentary thought, but instead of like shooing it aside, you're like, oh no, no, no. Let me see what I can do with that. Let me build on that. And that's, and that's creativity, right? And I, th- I think it's, it's like, it's giving space and honoring like what's going through your head. It could be a lot. Like sometimes even for me, like while I'm reading a book, I start thinking of a million things. Hmm. But, you know, sometimes I turn it off. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I let it go and see where it takes me. Um, and I think that's what I'm doing more of right now, too, which I didn't do before. Like anytime I would think of something, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not. Hmm. That's thing. Like, don't worry about it. It's kind of bad. That, like now that I, the way I see it now is like when we have those thoughts, we should either write it down or just take action on it as fast as we can. Yes. Yes. And, and everybody knows me as that person that takes action, right? Because even the podcast, I'm going to bring it up again. Like, I didn't even know how the hell I want to do this. I just thought in my mind, I was at the event. The guy said that podcast and LinkedIn is the fastest going, like, two social media platforms or, like, communication platform we should be on. I was like, damn, right. like, I don't have a podcast. I'm going to do it. I don't know how. I took everyone through every single day of the journey of how I'm starting this, what apps I'm using, what's happening. And I just thought, man, I'm just, I just want a way where I can speak my voice, bring on other people that have gone through so much experience and so much um, personal growth in their own life, or they have some inspiring stories of experiences they've had in their life that I just want everyone in the world to listen to. And I mean, that's amazing because what you have shown us is, number one, you will take action right? You won't, you, you have enough confidence in yourself to know that no matter what you do, something good will come out of it, yeah. right? It could either be really, really good, or it could be, and I think you just did, you just did a post on this too about failure. Like yeah. from failure, you can learn. Yeah, like what, you know, you know, inshallah, this is going to be an amazing, you know, endeavor, but let's just say that, you know, somehow you fail at this podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. But you would have done, you did it quickly, fail fast, and then move on. Because I know you, that is what you're going to do. You're not yeah. going to walk in it and be like, oh my God, why did I even do this? You're going to be like, okay, cool. What's next? What can What's I learn next? from this? Exactly. And I think, it, I, I wish everybody listening right now could just take that last nugget from, from Aisha on the fact that um, when, when you want to do something in your life, just do it without thinking and overthinking and overanalyzing everything. Just do it for the sake of just doing it. Even if you know you're going to make mistakes and you're probably not going to make it and it's not going to work, just do it anyways, because then at least you can say to other people one day or in the future to your kids or something, like, you know what, I tried this. I did it. I didn't work. Or I, I, you know, I failed at it. But then I did this and this worked for me. That, I think, is the best kind of... Um, um, advice that you can take from this whole from this whole episode right now, I think that's the biggest nugget. Is the fact that just learn 
to go out there and fail more, fail fast, learn from those failures and then go and do something else or find something else that you love. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're absolutely right because at least the way I've seen it for myself in the past two years, how this has all manifested, like one thing has led me to another, which has led me to another, which has led me to another. And at that time, those all felt like different things. Hmm. So for example, I told you, I, I started writing my book and it was just because I wanted to write a book. I wanted to be an author. I was like, let me do that. And then at that time, I think a couple of months later, uh, I wanted to attend a conference. Like I, I went to a, a, a women's summit and it was like the best thing ever. I came out with so much energy, so much inspiration. And I was like, okay, I want to do this again. So I started looking for the rest of the year in 2018, like what other women focused conference can I go to? And I, I found 10 women. I was like, oh yeah, you know, I've always wanted to go to one of these things. But I had to apply. There was an application process to even go to the conference. It wasn't just paying this hefty sum to, to register and get in. You had to apply. And on the application, I, it felt like I was applying to school again. Like they wanted to know more about me. And, and, and the key component of that application was, was how much influence I can have or I do have because TED is all about sharing ideas, right? They, yeah. they want to spread good ideas. So even for their attendees, they want to know, like, will these people, will they do something with the knowledge that they gained in the conference? Yeah. It was things like, what's your social media presence? You know, what's this? What articles have you published? And at that time, I hadn't done shit. And I was like, I was like, man, I need to, I need to show up on this application. What can I do? I quickly wrapped up my book. I became a blogger. Like this is all in a matter of like a month, a month and a half. The sense of urgency kicked in. <laughs> Hell yeah. And because, and you know what? It was because these were all things that I already had inside me yeah. that I was just laying on bringing out. But with the short-term goal of, okay, get a TEDx application in, it just forced all of this to come out. Yeah. Finished my book, published it, became a blogger on Medium, like quickly, you know, pushed out two articles and then I started my personal branding on Instagram. And through that, I was able to show like, okay, I am able to be someone who will share these ideas. And then I got accepted into TED Women, went to TED Women. And then I just started, I kept building my Instagram presence. So I went from like 200 followers in like September to now I'm sitting at 11K. And it's, it was massive, but it took a lot of work. It was a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot of work. If there's one thing that I didn't know before starting this was how much work actually goes into this. Mm. And it, but it was so much fun. Like Instagram has been so much fun for me because <laughs> it's been an outlet for creativity that I didn't even know I had. I had no idea that I'm as funny as I can be, as I am, that people tell me like, oh, you're hilarious. I'm you, like, are. I, you are. You are. That is hilarious. <laughs> It's so it's so cool just to like look watch your stories and your posts and just go through that journey with you and Elisa. It's just it's so much fun. Like you're, and then I, I remember we were talking about this when you came to London. We are both like as goofy as each other. Like, <laughs> but it's fun and exactly right. And that's another thing that we shared because we're doing this because it's fun. Yeah, you know, we're doing this from our heart, but it also helps us feel good. And so, like my journey, like last year and even now, all of these things that seemed so disparate and so different. It's actually been, it's, it's actually helped me build, 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 build. And now I'm at this point where 
I'm working with Adam and we're building my, my mom coaching business. I never knew I was going to be a mom coach. I never knew I was going to be like entrepreneurial. And Imran, he, he messaged me. He said just the other day, he was just like, do you think that being a mom helps you be a better entrepreneur? And I said, I was like, honestly, it, it's more of like being a mom has helped me become a better version of myself mm. and becoming an entrepreneur is, is an outcome of that work. Yeah. Not the goal. Like my goal isn't to become an entrepreneur. I don't know what my goal is. My goal is just to be better. And I know that definition of better is going to change at the end of this year, next year, the year after that. By the time I'm 50, all I know is that when I'm 50, I'm going to throw an amazing party for myself. <laughs> That's, and, and I am, I am, I've always gone for a feeling and that's still what I'm doing now. And all of these things that I'm doing right now just feel good to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just, I'm just chasing that feeling and I love it. Keep loving it, Aisha. Keep loving it. I think that is what's life, what life is really about. It's just our happiness. Who gives a crap about everyone else? Like as much as we want to inspire and we want to change the world, we can't do it if we don't change ourselves. Everything starts with ourselves. When we're happy, when we're grateful, when we are super inspired by ourselves and we become our number one fan, man, why do you think I have so much confidence? I don't care about no one and, and nobody. Like I, I first love myself. I go and do crazy things and I do my fitness stuff because I like it. People laugh at me and I'm like, keep laughing. I freaking love this. This is so much fun. Yeah, like you should come and try. Flying. You're weak because you can't, you're not trying because you're weak or you're just fearful in the mind but right. i'm over that i'm over that period you know but i know you need to go aisha um so before before you go as you know uh, i have the final four questions for you which um i specifically chose for you and um and you have to give a quick short answer the first thing that comes to your head you have to shoot okay got it okay the first one is what's your number one tip for someone who wants to become a better storyteller that's something I was actually personally curious about. And I think a lot of the listeners will also love to know about this. I would say talk, just talk, talk to people, speak about it. Just keep speaking because the more you speak about something, if you have an idea, just speak about it. You're essentially practicing it, right? Like the first time you talk to someone, maybe shit, but the, the fifth person that you talked about it, you've, you've like learned and you're, and you're, and you're changing up your way. So the first thing I would say is if you're going to be a storyteller, then you need to speak. I agree. Talking to people is the only way we actually learn about human interaction. I think it's, it's the best way. Um, and it also helps us overcome that shyness if we have that. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Great, great answer. Second question is, which one book do you recommend everyone has to go and read? Because uh, you love books, right? <laughs> I don't have to think of one. I think you could have named 10. I could have. That's why it was hard. It's oh my god. Um, it's hard because I I've reread so many books in my bookshelf because I love them so much. I love books. Okay, which, one, which ones would you, would you want everyone in the world to just go and read, or the people that are listening now? Okay, you guys have to go any any of the Islamic quintets by Tariq Ali. So Shadows of the Pomegranate Tree. Um, pick that up. Uh, any Harry Potter. Pick that up. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I would start there. I could keep going, but I know that you only wanted a short answer. Okay, cool. No, that's really good. If anyone else wants to know more, they can always reach out to you later on on, on social media or whichever platform. Yes. 
that they can chat to you on, which I want you to mention at the end, actually. Okay, third question is, who is your inspiration and why? This is going to be interesting to me anyway. <laughs> My mom. Oh, wow. Mom is a huge inspiration for me because she, she, okay, she may not enjoy, she may not like me sharing this about her, but, um, my, my niece, uh, one of my younger nieces, uh, when she was younger, she went to an Islamic elementary school and my mom would go pick her up from school one day. And I think uh, one day I went with her and on the wall, there was, um, there was a framed poster and it, uh, of it was an oyster with a pearl inside it. And it said that a woman in a hijab, a head covering, is like a pearl in an oyster. And so what that was saying was like, you're protecting something luxurious and something valuable. Mm. <laughs> My mom looks at that poster and she's just like, she reads it, she was like, yeah, a waste. So she was saying that the pearl is wasted if you're not out in the world. And so what, I, and I looked at my mom, I was like, damn, she's so like, she's so savage because she, she, I grew up watching her pray five times a day. She's as devout as any other good Muslim that I've seen, but she never covered her head. If anything, she loved things of beauty. She loved beautiful things and she still does. And, and, and what this tells me is that she's her own person and she has her own belief. Even in our culture, and you can understand our South Asian culture and yeah. how, how hard it can be on women. Um, but then that's one part. But also another part is my dad passed away more than, you know, two decades ago. And the evolution that that woman has gone through, through that time, all the things that she's learned, she's so savvy on technology now. Yeah. And the things that she teaches, herself, it's so freaking inspiring to me. And I'm just like, if I can be even a quarter of the person that she is then I'm, I consider myself a huge success in life. That is so inspiring. <laughs> that is so, that's just really amazing. I love my mom. She's, she's fuck. sorry. She's freaking. <laughs> <laughs> just say it. That's how much passion, passion you have for your mom. That, that's I amazing. Do, but you're going to, you're going to have to put an explicit like rating on this Beep. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to start putting 18 plus only now. <laughs> Plus on this one. I, I, I want my podcast to be as real and authentic so if someone wants to swear they can say whatever they like um, because I just want people to be themselves whatever that version of them is because I, I don't swear personally but it doesn't mean I'm going to say I'm going to put rules on a podcast like oh you can't swear on my podcast no it doesn't matter I just want you to be yourself I'm myself because that's how I am that was my upbringing but there's going to be loads of people that come on the podcast and I don't really I just want them to be real and have this conversation with me you know I just don't like the whole interview style. Hey, what would you like to be in 10 years from now? And I'm like, oh, why, did, why did you always ask me that question? Like, I don't care about what 10 years from now. I care I'm about so today. I'm glad you didn't ask that question. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, I have certain feelings about that question that we can talk about at another time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> okay, so the last question before you go is, when do you think someone should start personal development? Like what, when, what age or, or is there like a specific time or place or something where they need to start? Heck no. Start now. Start now. I look at Eliza and she's like queen of self-care and, <laughs> you know, she's like personal developing every freaking day. So no, there's no good time. The only good time to start any good work is now. And there's nothing better you can do for yourself than to care for yourself. Like, you know, we've all heard that saying that, 
you know, water or feed the things that you want to grow. If you want to grow, feed yourself, like feed yourself with knowledge, with conversations, with interactions with people, with experiences, with love, with kindness, feed yourself with all of that. And it all starts from here and it starts with you and it it starts now, like this very minute is when it starts. Love it. I love it. (laughs) That that is it. That's that's how we're going to end it. That's (laughs) how I always end my, my conversation with someone is go and do something now, like stop wasting time and stop all like get out go, go now yeah, like go i'll slap you let's just quick just go now just go please <laughs> but Aisha, thank you so much for sharing all the wisdom thank you for just being in my life i'm so grateful that we connected over instagram and most of the people on the podcast so far have all come from instagram i'm just so grateful so for social media for all the people that i get to connect with and just the fact that you guys you know are willing to take like an hour of your time to come on here for me and just share, share your experiences and share your story with everyone. I hope that it, it definitely, I'm sure, I'm, I'm 100% sure that it's probably inspired every single person listening right now. Um, but where can everyone go and find you, Aisha? Because I know you're on like almost every single platform, I think. I would, um, first and foremost, just Instagram. So my handle is at Aisha Iqbal. So A-I-S-H-A-H-I-Q-B-A-L. And yeah, that's where you can find out who I am and what I'm about. Amazing. Cool. That's so if you guys want to reach out to her, go on Instagram. She's always, always her DMs are open. She's always happy to have a conversation. Go and check her out. And once again, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and I'm going to, I really want to catch up with you again very, very soon, Aisha. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. If you're still there, I just want to say a massive thank you for your attention and your time. It really means a lot to me. Please do me one favor and subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends and leave a rating on whichever platform you're listening to this. It would honestly mean the world to me. Thank you so much once again. I hope that this episode brought value and inspiration into your life and I'll see you guys next week.